This is the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to the latest Ali La Rouge podcast. Myself, Guy Clark, in the chair this week. There's no Peter Hooten, but I am delighted to say that Ella, Kaylee, and Naya are all back here on Ali La Rouge to talk about the Reds' start to the season, preview the Merseyside derby, as well as react on the Reds' summer transfer business. Girls, thanks for, for joining me. And Ella, I'll throw over to yourself first up. I mean, the start to the season, how are you summing it up? Because the first few games definitely weren't going to plan. And equally, I suppose the Newcastle game maybe summed that up the other day, fell behind and left it very late to, to rescue it and maybe just about keep it on course. Yeah, I feel like it's been like a crazy start to the season. I don't know if it's because of the because um, the season started early and like we've had a short pre-season and stuff like that. But I feel like the players just look like like the legs are gone sort of thing. Um, and I read a stat like um, so on, we've conceded the first goal um, in the last eight games out of nine. So that's a bit concerning because usually we're on the front foot and we, we brand ourselves as like an intensity and we're starting games really slow and then we're giving ourselves like a mountain to climb, like having to score two game, two goals to win the game. Um, so it is quite concerning, but I feel like it, 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 it could be like a, a mixture of things last season. Obviously, it ended in... in um, disappointment with the Champions League final and um, the Premier League like losing it by one point again um, so I don't know if that's taking the players mad and stuff like that but we just need to, I feel like the injuries as well, we just need to uh, get our players back and hopefully just crack on but we need to sort it out with the conceding the goals first because we're leaving ourselves with a lot of work to do in the game just to get a point or get three points um, so yeah it is quite concerning but I feel like when we got our players back, it'll start to look a bit better for us, I feel. And like we look at the table before all of us, and we're only fifth at the moment, which and we haven't had a great start so far. So five points off City. I'm not really looking at Arsenal too much because I feel like they've started great, but I feel like they will like level off sort of thing. So you're looking at City if you want to be in the title race. We're only five points off them. It's not too much to ask for if we want to uh, stay pace with them. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what's your What's your take on it, Kaylee? Sorry, I, I was just going to say that because I suppose the one game Liverpool haven't fallen behind in in that in that sequence that Ella mentioned beat Bournemouth nine nil. But a you can't count on that all the time. Defensively, they just they just seem to be a bit lethargic at times. I mean, the, the Zaha goal and and even Isak's goal nearly got a second, didn't he, for, for Newcastle yeah. the other night as well, was just a, just offside. But that offside trap that that for so long has been so good for Liverpool seems to be getting breached more often than not this season. Yeah, I said the same thing. And on what Ella said, for me, I was like, the Community Shield game, I watched it and I was like, we're in. I was like, I, I was so impressed with the way we played. I thought we were a better team than City. I thought, we, you know, we'd made some signings and I thought, we've battered them here. And I thought, going into this, this is going to be it. Now, we're not going to be one point behind at the end of the season. We're going to take it to them here. And then we've started and I'm watching us and I'm going, what's happened? We're going forward. We're all in a straight line. That's like the real 101, isn't it? When you get coached, it's make sure your forward players are on different lines. So you're not all in the same bank. So make the create the angles. That's gone. We're watching the, de the defence. And the balls are getting played through between players that would never happen last year. 
So I just think going forward, it's like we've forgotten how to create at the back. Well, it's like it's like they just switch off momentarily, switch off, and these easy balls that all the previous seasons have just be cut out. They're getting through, and even like Van Dijk and Trent and Robert, it's all of them across the board. It's not just one individual player. I think from top to bottom of the team, there just seems to be something missing. And the one thing I think that I've always loved watching Liverpool for is that. No one's going to run more than us. No one will ever run more than us. And we'll, you know, we'll at least make it hard for people. And and what we were watching it yesterday, we were, we were screaming. We were like, run at them. Like, just press them because we're better. We're a better players. We're a better team. If you press them and get in their face, that's where our best play come from. And it, the, the whole thing's just, it's just gone. And I think the, the Bournemouth game, when you're saying about it being 9-0, Everyone was like buzzing and I was sat there and I was actually a bit worried. I know it's going to sound ridiculous, but I watched the reaction of the players when the first one went in and then the second one and the third and the fourth. And I was going, usually, you know, we, we've we've had seasons before, we, haven't we, where we've scored a lot of goals in, in, in one game. We'll score four or five. and Then you take the foot off the gas and you sort of manage the game and you don't have to run as much. And, and I didn't. I didn't feel that in the Bournemouth game. I, th- I felt like the players were like, we need another one. We need to create. Because I think they're probably recognising that. We're not creating chances. And we're not scoring goals. And so for me, I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. But I looked at it and think, well, hang on, are the players worried as well? I mean, as they should be. But I'm going, how much is the whole thing getting in their head? Because normally we'd sit and we'd go, okay, you know, we'll hold off. But it was like they were going and they were going and they were going. Which is good because obviously we haven't lost that creativity. But I was just a little bit like, oh, I wonder how much of things are in their head now that we're, we're 8-0 up, 9-0 up, and they still want to push the score. Um, like they just want for the records. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> you can see that we're not... I mean, it's even like the United game where... And I, I was made up with Milner because he shouted at Van Dijk. You wouldn't see Van Dijk doing that in the previous seasons. And, you know, you're looking at him going... When when someone's running against Van Dijk or someone's up against... If he's there, you're thinking... We're all right, you know, and he was there and he just didn't, he just stood still. And so it's like even he's making, I think, maybe decisions that he wouldn't have made previous years. So I think although we, we got, we, we got, we won 9-0 and we scored a lot of goals and we won yesterday, I still think the performances, I don't think they're not there from forward players or from the, from the back. It's just, just a bit of a weird season, I think, so yeah, far. But- yeah, and in in terms of it, and 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 kind of looking at maybe where it's not quite. I mean, obviously, as Ella said, only five points off Manchester City. Yes, Arsenal kind of been setting the pace, but as we all probably expect, they they will tail off. Can't can't envisage them winning every game through the course of the season, but they have started well. But I mean, what what's your assessment of it? Is it actually things aren't too far wrong for Liverpool, and is it even maybe a midfield midfield issue more than a defence issue? Of actually, maybe that pressure in the midfield's not quite. At the levels it should be, and some of these these passes that are being played normally would would be stopped because we know the injury worries that Liverpool have had in midfield. Yeah, um, I don't think we're playing with the intensity that we we usually play with. Nowhere near. Um, people aren't closing the ball down anywhere near as quick as they used to. Even just doing it as a uni, people are going on their own, and there's gaps everywhere. Um, midfield is a mess at the minute. Um, I think injuries does play a big part. We, we've lost Thiago again. 
as much as I love him, I'd love him to stay fit for like at least six games on the trot. But I think, but I just think Van for me, Van Dyke's the standout one at the moment for me. He just doesn't look himself like he's a bit apprehensive or he's not confident. We've discussed is he sort of trying to not get injured in, so he's not he doesn't miss the World Cup. Is this a factor? Is it a factor for a couple of members of the team that they're trying to think, oh, do you know what? World Cup in what December? We need to stay fit and, and be a part of that for the for the country. So I do think all round there could be numerous factors in the team, but midfield wise for me, we, we need to at least get someone in or get our players off off the medical tables. Yeah, talk talking of midfield though, Ella. What a breath of fresh air Harvey Elliott's been this season. I mean, he's only 19, but he, he's the one in that midfield, even at Old Trafford, who I think every game this season can hold his head up high of, of just how well he's performed. Yeah, and I feel like yesterday was definitely the man of the match. He was just uh, driving us forward. I feel like he's, he was the only like spark in the team and he was making chances and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm excited to see. I feel like... Klopp really trusts him now. I feel like he's actually in our starting mid, like he's been starting all the games this season. But I feel like when everyone's fit, I feel like he will probably start over Henderson these days. Um, so yeah, it is exciting. And with Carvalho as well, I feel like them two uh, together, they're going to be great for us. But I feel like we can't just rely on these young players all the time because they are. Um, they're not experienced enough for the big games and stuff like that. I know they're obviously going to get experience by playing and stuff like that. I get that. But um, I feel like it's unfair for um, unfair to let them deal with everyone. So not buying a like a proven midfielder this summer is going to put more pressure on Elliot. And maybe that, that'll be good for him. But it is exciting to see him. Last night, I was just thinking every time he got the ball, he was just running into space and he was trying to give it to Salad and stuff like that. It was it was good to see. And I'm exci- like excited. I feel like he can be up there with one of the uh, good, good players in the league in a few years if Klopp keeps um, helping him. Yeah, do you not think he... Pl- I think Harvey plays... No, I don't want to say... I'm not going to go as far as Gerard, but he plays with a passion for the club, I think. I think that's what spares him on. He's proud to wear the shirt. He's yeah. a Liverpool supporter anyway. You saw how much Bournemouth goal meant to him, didn't you? When he, yeah. He like, yeah. Mm. I know Bell in uh, yeah uh, against Newcastle as well. He's he's like he's got his arms up, you know, to the crowd, and he's he's yeah. he's trying to get them involved. And I think I think he sort of he just I think he realizes how important it is. And I think I like that that he's trying to get the crowd going because obviously he knows how important the crowd is, and for him to try and do that and to sort of have the confidence in himself to go, you know, come on, like, get behind us. I just, I do, I, I, I like Harvey Elliott, but I think, um, I think the, I think on the midfield though, I think, I've heard people like ripping into Henderson and Milner midfield, but when Milner signed that new contract, Milner didn't think, oh, I'm going to play every single game, I'm going to play 90 minutes, or I'm going to start against Man City away, or all these big games. Milner didn't think that, so I think some people have got to like, lay off him a little bit, thinking that, he thought this or he said it's not his fault that he's happened to play these games. Mm. Um I don't think he expected to play those games. And I think it's it's like Henderson. I think the type of players that they are, they work well in the teams where you need somebody to just run and be in the face all, all the time. The games where you need to create chances and you need to do those little through balls that Thiago does. 
they're not catered for those type of games, but they are of a use for particular games. But you need. I, a- I feel like we're evolving away from that, though. I feel like we're evolving away from like the runners in midfield, like with players like Elliot and Thiago. I feel like we're trying to get away from that. If you've watched like like the last year, I feel like that's what he's trying to do with his new. If if you can say his new the new cycle of team coming through, I feel like he's trying to change it from like because obviously City play with technically gifted midfielders and all like most of their players even like the probably the defense they play like midfielders um so I feel like with Klopp he's trying to get that with our players in the midfield that they can obviously we haven't got a De Bruyne who can assist and stuff like that but I feel like in the next few years we'll get we'll probably get a player like that if we get like Bellingham and stuff like that but yeah I feel like he's trying to get away from that myself from like the runners yeah, definitely. In terms of the Newcastle game, just kind of wrapping up on that now, we saw um, Man City, of course, go away to Newcastle. What a game that was as well and nearly lost in that, came back and, and did win it. And I, I suppose saw how close Newcastle pushed Man City in that one, obviously pushed Liverpool really close at Anfield. But how big do you think that win was for just the context of the season? We've already referenced the points gap to Man City is five. It really couldn't have been seven or, or even eight at this stage of the season, could it? No, absolutely not. Um, I think that win last night was, it, it could be season-defining from, from you know, the first half of the season, to be honest. Um, we know, we've come back from a, a gap before last season and pushed City to the wire, but I think seven would be a lot to ask. Well, eight even would be a lot to ask um, going forward. I think with Man City, they will be, they will be the, the one that we're competing with and that's that's undeniable. But I think Newcastle showed that if you do get at them, they do struggle. If you don't let them play comfortably, they do have a hard time and you can give them a hard time. Um, Newcastle gave us a hard time yesterday. I don't agree with time wasting, by the way. I think they were awful with that tactic last night. And I made up we got the goal because that is calm at its finest. I'm all for time wasting slightly. But the way they were doing it yesterday was just far too much. And I think we're going to see it on Saturday as well in the derby. Pickford will do it a lot and it will wind us up. But I think the refs do need to start throwing cards out for stuff like that and, and just putting a stop to it and adding on that extra time on top of extra time. Um, but yeah, that win yesterday was vital. We needed them three points. No, There's no denying it. We really did need them. It was like anti-football, I think Mono said on the cop last night when uh, they were uh, town-wasting. <laughs> no, it did, did feel that way. I saw a, a stat going around today about how kind of lack of, uh, or, or how much the ball was spent in play during Newcastle games. And it has been quite low uh, this season. In fact, against Brighton, I think when they played them, the ball was actually only in play for about 44 minutes of the game. So that actually at Anfield... Yeah, at Anfield, it was it was in play for a bit longer. I mean, I think the Premier League average is about fifty five minutes, but yeah, it's uh, it is ridiculous. But Kaylee, in terms of kind of the the balance of the Premier League, obviously we're recording on transfer deadline day, but since this summer, colossal market by all sorts of teams up and down the division. To me, it feels as though Liverpool and City are in a world of their own and have been for a few seasons, but the rest of the division seems to have got a lot stronger now, picking up on the point Naya made about if you get at City, that actually the games against 
the other sides in the division actually might be more competitive and more teams might have the kind of players. Like you look at West Ham signing Lucas Paqueta and Arsenal have done some some good business as well. Actually, some of these games that have kind of been gimmies over the last few years might now actually be really ultra competitive ones. Yeah, I actually said um, when I was talking with this lady and I was like, you know, like the, the last couple of seasons you've had Liverpool and, and City have been getting ridiculous amounts of points. And I, I don't, there's just something about this 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 year. I think you, you're you going to be lucky to get to hit 90. I think somebody in the, in the 80s is going to win the league this year. I think there's, and that's the only thing where I'm like, you know, if we sort out this little rut that we're in at the moment, I think there's going to be a lot of drop points this year. A lot of drop points, and I think they're going to come from all over the place. I think obviously you wouldn't have expected us to play a team that's just been promoted the first game of the season and drop points against them. You wouldn't have expected that. But I think when you look at it from, like you said, with all the signings and the way that the games have been playing, like people are getting that city, people are playing us. They know how to, they know what cards to play against different teams this year. And I think you're going to have, it's not just going to be the big games where people are dropping points. I think they're going to be a lot more teams who are having a go at people and they're going to take points off teams that you wouldn't have thought of. I think it'll be a good league this year and that's not just for the going for the title, that's for the top four, that's for the European places and I, I do, I think it'll be it'll be interesting and it'll be exciting for us to watch, although I would still like us to run away with it. <laughs> No, I was going to say, that said, and anyone can pick me up, it's looking a bit ominous for City with Erling Haaland, though, isn't it? I mean, he's come in and he's he's just scored back-to-back hat-tricks. Not really too great, is it? He's just a poacher, though, isn't he? Like, have you seen yeah. his, his, his map of his goals? And it's just like, it's like it's almost as if he doesn't move and he's just like a robot. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that, and this, it's just, I think they're, they're, all, in, they're all in the 18-yard um, box, aren't they? They might even all be inside, I don't know, 10-yard box. I was going to say, looking at his hat trick against Forest, I think if you added all those goals together, he'd be lucky to be twelve yards out by the time you. you yeah, it's a, I mean, what a play! He's just got all the attributes, haven't you? That you would just love to have. You've got him, and then behind them, you've got arguably the best passer of the ball that we've seen in a generation. Do you know what I mean? Behind them, and it's it's cheating. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Right, let's move on to, to, to Saturday, then lunchtime, a trip to Goodison Park to take on Everton in the derby. Ella, what, what's the feeling ahead of ahead of this one? I mean, last season, to me, it was one of the standout fixtures and results for Liverpool of the season going to Goodison Park. And it doesn't matter what kind of form Everton are in or how they're going. They always seem to cause a bit of an issue for, for Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool at Goodison in particular, a number of draws down the years there. But, but last season just swatted them aside with ease. I feel like last season, Rafa was Rafa still the manager when we went to Goodison, yeah. yeah. So I feel like that the they wasn't Everton wasn't behind the team. So um, they, I'm not saying they wasn't bothered about losing to us, but they wasn't singing much at the match. I feel like I've I've read something that this time they've got like a coach welcome within already, and they call it cop out behaviour. But here we go. Um, I've had they've got a coach welcome, so I feel like the fans are going to be up for it. They've got all banners ready for the. Um, for the crowds and stuff like that. So I feel like it's going to be a much harder game than the one that we went through last time, a 4-1. But um, it's just a low block with the the, the, the way they're playing. I watched the Leeds game against them the other day. Um, like Naya was saying before, they were just time-wasting. I think they scored a goal. It was on the counter-attack and then they just sat back the, um, the whole game. Then waiting... Um, Tam Weston Pickford was on the floor doing his whatever he does. 
Um, so I feel like it's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be a frustrating game for us, but we just need to be patient and not try and try too hard to to get a it's a I don't know, try and we just need to be patient and we know that we can we can win there, we know we can create chances. I feel like Jotha and Nunes coming back, hopefully they'll both be on the bench. I know Jotha won't probably be match fit. I seen Nunes in the crowd last night. I think he's raring to go. Hopefully, if he does come on, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have fun. Pickford or something. But um it's it's good that we'll probably have them two back on the bench. So we've got someone to at least bring on if we're not winning. It's it, it's all right if we're not if it's nil-nil and we're um creating chances and then we could obviously just bring one of them on. But um it's gonna be I reckon it's gonna be much it's gonna be similar to the Newcastle game, I feel. It's it's gonna be they're going to be uh, playing on the counter attack. Gordon's going to be trying to get in and sneak a goal, and then they'll sit back if that happens. But um, hopefully, we just were clinical. Hopefully, I feel like Salah's do a do a goal or two. Um, or four. What's that? <laughs> or four. Or four. A hat trick he's Joe. So um, yeah, it's going to be similar to the Newcastle game with the low block and stuff. But hopefully, we can just. Um, Little 1-0 win, I'll take in the last minute. <laughs> but, but Mary, it's one of those, isn't it, of playing the game, not the occasion? Because it felt last season going to Goodison, Liverpool did play the game. They got superior players to Everton pretty much all over the pitch and they displayed that from start to finish, that they had that superiority. Whereas often going to Goodison, the occasion, the atmosphere, as Ella said, when Goodison gets into it, it does seem to have a bit of an impact on Liverpool that it doesn't seem to have when other sides are there. No, it gets really hostile, I think. And I think our players know know the fans enough to know how much this game means to both sides of the city. And they want to do the best to win and they throw in big tackles. But the mistakes and errors that they make when they get too emotionally invested in that game can be preventable if they actually just play the game and not get so invested in it. Um, I think we've got a derby where Harvey Elliott's involved more than likely. So I'm sure he'll play to the occasion, but I know he's young. So I want him to try and keep a level head. Um, Nunes, if he does come on, I hope he keeps a level head. I know he, he get, we were watching him against the, in the Bournemouth game, um, me and Kaylee from nosebleed seats in the main stand. And um, we, we could see him like, like having made it on the, on the side. We were just sort of like one of them getting sent off and unfortunately it was Nunes. Um, but you could see he's quite a hothead. So I hope everyone keeps the composure, plays the football and not the, let the occasion play a part and be emotionally invested yet, but don't let it get too far where we sort of make silly errors, don't play our best football. Um, and I don't want us to try and walk the ball in. I, I, it just really annoys me. Sometimes we overplay it in the box where we could be having these shots from outside the box. We've got players that are more than capable of putting the laces through the ball and getting it in and making it hard for Pickford to paddy it out and we'll get the rebound. We're always trying to walk the ball into the net sometimes and it gets quite frustrating. <laughs> yeah, in, t- in terms of the team, Kayleigh, can, can only one of Elliot and Carvalho start this? Do you think? I mean, Carvalho's scored in each of the last two and as much as we, we've already spoken glowingly about Harvey Elliott, he seems to have come in and really adapted very quickly. But I suppose having two teenagers in the midfield away at Goodison would, would be quite a brave move from Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I love the pair of them, but I don't know. But I was saying it those today and I was like, would you just go for it? Go for it and get because they wouldn't be expecting it. And would it be a different type of team that they'd be expecting? Would we 
play a bit differently. But maybe you would do that at Anfield if you if he was gonna do that, if he was gonna be brave enough to do that, would you do that at Anfield rather than going for Goodison and doing it? Um but I don't know. I, I I'm just not impressed with the way we've been playing at all. So if those two players have been playing well, do you just get Fabinho in there to sit and go, you know what? And then and then you you can bring on your Henderson after it or, or you can um, be in Thompson. <laughs> yeah. so maybe maybe we'll have no choice. Maybe they'll have to play. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, to to wait and see on that front. But Ella, just in terms of the derby and and the atmosphere over the years. I mean, when your dad and the gang are, are kind of on, they'll, they'll speak so often about kind of the, the rivalry and the, the the friendly derby between the clubs. It, it feels since kind of the advent of social media and whatnot that there's so much more needle between Everton and Liverpool these days. Yeah, I feel like it's probably social media makes it worse because my dad was saying like he's got like Everton fans as mates and stuff like that. But like I, I don't think I've got any Everton fans as mates. I can't. I don't know. But as an Everton, be straight up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but on, like you said, on social media, it's so toxic, isn't it? Like the fans. Like I think last night when we scored, they were saying, "Oh, the 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 refs playing until Liverpool score." But if you actually watch the game, you know for a fact that Nick Pope went down for how many minutes and the waste of time stuff like that everything we do they they will comment on and everything the other way around it's it's always it's always the same on social media um so yeah i reckon it's gonna be top it, it is toxic on social media but yeah i just don't like them me <laughs> yeah no i was gonna say there's a difference isn't there of, of not liking them than being your rivals and obviously there are a number of people on social media who go way too far and and Jordan yeah. Pickford's one of those people who who people have gone too far with in the past now but I suppose after his antics at Anfield as well Liverpool fans have have kind of had the last laugh in that regard yeah we have and I, I love the fact that Alisson does his, his signature move as well caught the ball and lay on the floor and just little drop um I hope he does it again this weekend actually when we're like three nil up <laughs> but um yeah I think social media and Everything that comes with it, it is quite toxic. It's it, it it brings me more to the game to be honest when we're watching it because I go back on social media and looking at like tweets and stuff and I'm thinking Haha, that's actually quite funny, but then I think that's a bit too far. So there's there's definitely a line, and I find that ever that's this is not me being biased. I find that Evertonians do cross it a lot more than we do, um, and they do watch us a lot more than we watch them. I think we watch them in retaliation, if that makes sense, to sort of go. We can do that as well. Ha ha! Look at you, type of thing. But yeah, um, we. Um, I just hope Alison does does the Pickford catch and drop just to make my day because I love mm-hmm. that meme. Yeah, no, and that's the important thing, isn't it, Kaylee? About Derby days, it's it's about taking the bragging rights. Oh yeah, I, I honestly, it's the one game of the season I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate just hate the whole thing that comes with it, and I always go, these are terrible. We are so much better than these. And then we seem to play them. I mean, not so much the, 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 the last couple of years, but I just get nervous and I don't know what it is. And it's not about the game. It's about the reaction of everyone else. And I, going in and having people laughing at you. And it just, it goes on until the next time you play them. So I just get so nervous about it because I'm just like, just win. Just I don't care. Yeah, it's the game of the season that fascinates me most. I mean, I'm clearly not from the city. I'm not a red nor a blue. But 
I remember when I started working at the Echo, speaking to to Reds and Blues in the office and saying, "Oh, Derby Week, are you you excited? Are you looking forward to Tuthing?" And everyone's response was to say, "No, no, just <laughs> bring around, bring around next Monday. Let it be done, and we can move on." Because <laughs> nobody. Like that's why I wanted them to get relegated last season because <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go through this this season. Like it's 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 literally about it's more than the three points, isn't it? It's literally. If you lose, then it's just oh, social media, and then there's people in like my work and stuff. They're all there's a few Everton fans, so um, yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Like just yeah. thinking about it. But I just hopefully we don't lose. I feel like we we've got enough to obviously we're much better side than them. It's just like you said before, it's the occasion, isn't it? You just don't know what's gonna happen. It's a derby. Anything can happen. Forms out the window and just. Well, and it's it's these set of fixtures that you look for when the season comes. Obviously, so much maybe externally from outside the city is made of Manchester United and Liverpool and historically vying, maybe not against each other for the title, but for how many titles the two clubs have. But no, this is the game, isn't it, actually? When when the fixtures come out is, right, when's the home derby? When's the away derby? Right, let's, let's just realise I'm going to be a nervous wreck around those. Yeah, then two games, the derbies and when we have... City, obviously, City's up there as well as the United game. Maybe not so much United game. Obviously, the one we lost the other week wasn't great, but United as well. I feel like sometimes the, the rivalry between us and United fans now is, is heightened slightly. Um, they're on our back quite a bit, but United, City and Everton, they're the games to look out for and think, am I going to need an extra bottle of gin this weekend or bleach? <laughs> <laughs> No, very, very interesting. Right, we'll have to wait and see how that one does indeed play out. But before we go, let's talk about the transfer window. It is whilst we're recording transfer deadline day. We are of the assumption that the deal for Arthur Mello on loan from Juventus is going to go through. We've been down this road before, I'm sure, with Nabil Fakir thinking that was all done and dusted before it actually was. You'll be listening to this after, so hopefully the deal has gone through. But Kaylee, before we talk specifically about Arthur Mello, what's your take on the transfer window this summer for Liverpool is it a success is it maybe business not quite complete as it should have been how are you how are you looking on it I think it is it's just the midfielder isn't it I think it would have been nice if we would have I feel like we always find I say it every time we always find those diamonds in the rough don't we with like San and Robinson from Hall and you know Joss Eddie we, we never seem to go out and buy someone for like massive money who's like been proven for years on end I know we've, we've, we've bought uh, Nunes, but he obviously is a young player, isn't he? Um, and I think it would have been nice if just for this one time, when we all know we need him if he had, we all want him if he had, he would have gone out and he would have put the hand in the pocket and bought them. I think other than that, though, I think if we wouldn't have started so badly, I don't think it wouldn't have been that bad. Do you know, we, we, we've said we needed a different striker. We've bought in Nunes. I'm a little bit on edge about him at the minute. But, um, you know, if he starts popping in with the goals, then that's because you've got Carvalho coming. I said last time, I'm all in in the Carvalho basket. I think he's going to be a player for us. I think he's going to be important, especially the two of them. And they seem to have a good relationship as well. Heliot, uh, yeah, there you go. There's a new name for them. (laughs) 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 Obviously, we've brought in cover, haven't we? We've got, we bought little Ramsey. Um, So, yeah, I think we won't know until, I mean, if you you get Nunes having a full run of games, you get Carvalho in it. So, we it might not turn out to be a terrible one. I think the one thing is that you would have just liked to have had that like proven field that comes in and hit the ground running. But I think in terms of this transfer window, you've got to give it a little bit of a while, haven't you, to see whether 
the players that we've bought are going to make the impact that we need. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think it's been terrible, but I also would have just liked that a little bit more. Ale Le Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I suppose the frustrating thing is, Ella, is how uh, disciplined almost Jurgen Klopp and the re- recruitment team are of if they don't get target number one, they don't just then look down the list and go, right, three, four, five, six, right, let's just keep going until we get a midfield player. Obviously, it looks with, with Arthur coming in that he, he's there essentially as a stopgap player because of the amount of injuries that have now been picked up in the midfield. But he, he was speaking in a press conference ahead of taking on Newcastle and, and said, we did want a midfielder at the start of the summer. The guy we wanted went elsewhere. He was referring to to Chua many who went off to, to Real Madrid. And actually, it's a policy that served Liverpool well, isn't it, in the past that they have waited for the targets that they want, albeit, yeah, two and many may now have gone. But second on the list then was probably Jude Bellingham, who, it, to all intents and purposes, seems as though Liverpool will wait. It's not going to happen this summer. They've got to wait till next year. And it doesn't matter how much kicking and screaming there is. Jude Bellingham wasn't available this summer. Yeah, I feel like with Tushimani, I was like, I've watched a few games for him, uh, Madrid this season. He would have been perfect for us. So I'm, I'm upset that we missed out on that. But obviously, his like, dream was to go to Madrid. But um, So obviously, Klopp and the recruitment team aren't stupid. They know that we're lacking a midfielder. That's why our main target was um, Tushimani. And um, obviously, like you said before, um, second target probably Jude Bellingham. And obviously, he's not. they're not going to let Haaland and Jude go in the same summer. So you've obviously said like that he's not uh, going. Um, so obviously the recruitment team and clock know that we're short in the midfield, um, but we have had all summer to find someone else. Not not even not even saying like it's a stopgap, but we could have got like because in the summer we're losing Oxley Chamberlain. We losing if we don't get the contract over the line. I think they were looking on getting Kaiser a new contract. Um, we're losing him. Um, Oxley Chamberlain and um, Milner probably I don't think we'll offer them another deal who knows but so that's three midfielders out the door and we're only going to bring in if we do get Jude Bellingham that what just one midfielder because we're going to go out all out for him so maybe we should have fought uh, this summer to bring in just because we haven't got our two targets that we went for maybe get the third one just to bring in another face Um, but like you said that's how they work isn't it so they don't, but now we're going for um, a loan signing. But it it is crazy. It is crazy. But I feel like with the money leaving, that really like disrupted our summer plans. If that makes sense, because we had to go out and buy a forward when maybe we were gonna use the budget to sign a midfielder. So yeah, I'm just hoping next year if it, if this season doesn't go to plan and we just if we if we just get top four or something. I'm just hoping that like it's been worth the wait for Jude Bellingham and he actually does pick us because I'm seeing like Madrid's won him, Chelsea won him, Man City won him, and we all know with FSG that um, we can't compete with the money that they've got. So I'm just hoping that like maybe Klopp's got a little word in to say like because obviously Liverpool are the club that you'd want to play for. He's going to be a guaranteed starter. He's going to have the he won't get the love of the fans at Madrid. They're like whistling at fans all the time. The city, 
I don't even want to talk about their fans. <laughs> um, and Chelsea as well. I just don't feel like they've got the fan base either. So I feel like if he if he wants to become like the new midfielder, he, he looks up to Gerrard and stuff like that. Liverpool is the place to go. It's just, it's just it is a worry that we, we're not going to get him over the line next year. It really is. I, I will worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I I worry Ella, that we we might leave it too late to create a midfield. As, as a unit, like we, we are aging as a team. Is it going to be all these new faces at once or are we going to gradually go, do you know what, actually Milner's what, 36, 37, whatever he is, let's replace what he is. Henderson's getting on, let's let's have a think about him. I know obviously we've got Ellis in, Elliot and Carvalho in there, but we need a bit more just to not be so rushed. There's a big gap between Ella mentioned the three who could be moving on. Added on to that, as you say, Henderson and Thiago are both going to be another year older. You've then got Fabinho kind of in, in prime years of, of his career and then three youngsters in, in Jones, Carvalho and Elliot. And it, it does feel when you look at that forward line, how they replenished that and evolved it with Jota coming in, then 18 months later, Diaz, and then six months after that, Darwin Nunez, that it was calculated, it was set out, it was very well kind of put together. And I do want to talk about Darwin Nunez because since we last caught up, he's he's headbutted someone and does look <laughs> a real character. But I, we'll get to the end of the, the, the midfield discussion. On the point Naya makes there, Kaylee. I mean, it does look as though next summer there is an awful lot of pressure to get it right and actually get multiple targets and, and knit them all together very quickly. Yeah, definitely. But then I also think, I don't think Klopp would have probably been thinking that Elliot and Carvalho would have been asking to play as much as they would. So maybe they'll become a bit more senior players and they'll get a bit more integrated into the way that he wants to play um, and playing with the forward line that we've got. So maybe we'll get away with it through that way. And then we'll bring in other players that, if you've got those two in who know the way that we want to play, they know our philosophy probably earlier and having a more important part to play in than he probably would have thought. Maybe then we all get away with it and you've got Fabinho there, so maybe you could bring in one of them and, you know, sort of do it that way. But, yeah, I think it is, it's just, it is a bit worrying, isn't it, with the with the ages and it seems to, we've always had a process, I think, and I think, I don't really see what the process is at the minute with this midfield, but, who knows? Hopefully, hopefully it'll work out. And as I said, with those two coming in and maybe having a bigger part to play this season, um, and they seem to be taking it on well. It's not like they're struggling with it. So maybe they'll they'll take a bit more of a senior role next year, and and we won't have to rely on the new signings as much to to come in and hit the ground running. I yeah, feel like because like all the teams are evolving, like before we are. If that makes sense, like we're always on the back foot trying to not catch up but we're like oh don't worry about it we can do it next year whereas we were saying before look at Fernandinho at Man City his age of him Pep just got rid plonk someone new in done that's what we need to sort of start to have a look at other people other clubs are doing it and just going do you know what that might be a risk let's put someone else in and everyone just seems I don't want us to be busy in the transfer market like others because we've got a good solid team but I think we need to start thinking ahead and not just trying to, as this potential move could be, the loan that we're getting, and not just plug gaps for the sake of it because we're panicking. Let's calculate it and get it done if it's there. And the, the player that we're interested in is interested in himself. Throw the money at them and get the player in before the likes of Real Madrid poach them. 
Yeah, it's I about busy. It's about being busy, isn't it? Through desire than rather than necessity. Busy because you want to be, not because you have to be. But I, I just caveat the loan thing on. I don't think it's the worst move if it's going to lead to a, a primary target that Liverpool do want to bring mm-hmm. in because Ozan Kabak wasn't a fantastic success at Liverpool, but equally he wasn't brought in permanently. So that then meant actually the room was there to bring in. Ibrahima Kanate as soon as it became possible for him to come in, if if, if you catch my drift on that one. I just don't feel like um, our owners, I read something that Swiss Ramble on Twitter, who do all like the financial stuff and stuff like that. They put that um, our owners have never invested a penny into the club, which obviously is not, surpri- uh, not surprising, but it's just mad because I feel like now with the market, I feel like £20 million players are going for like £50 million and stuff like that. And the model that served us so well for so many years, I just don't think it's sustainable anymore, in my opinion. I feel like we've, I don't want to say outgrown the owners, but I feel like we have. Because I feel like, like we were saying before, we're not getting, they're not investing at all into the team. And for a team that's come so close last season, we got to the final, the Carabao Cup won it, FA Cup final won it, um, Champions League final, obviously we lost it and we come, points off in the league like i don't i don't understand why we haven't got enough money just to buy like a, a midfielder like no one's asking for mbappe even though we would be nice to come for. no one's asking for that we're just asking for clock to be back and obviously we don't know everything behind the scenes and stuff like that we don't know if he did want a midfielder after tushabelli went to real madrid but i feel like with the market the way it's going now players are going well ahead of what they're worth so liverpool the, with the sell to buy option and we're not selling it i don't feel like we're selling enough players we've still got nat, nat phillips bless them but um players like him like um i feel like in the summer to fund i don't know how we're going to fund you bellagum if, if that's uh, yeah I, I get the point you made there like who's who's the next dom solanke who I mean, isn't, yeah. isn't near the team who's Who's, who's, who's getting sold for £20 million? Pound. I mean, yeah. it, it was a stroke of genius from, from Michael Edwards, of course, he isn't about anymore. On the, on the point of the the owners not investing, and I, I'm sure there'll be people ripping their hair out going, oh, you're being an FSG apologist. But <laughs> in how they invest into the club, actually, and make the club make more money, i.e. doing the main stand, yeah. the Anfield Road stand will be done uh, what at the start of, of next season will it be? I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. then they'll they'll look for the stadium to start generating more money through mm-hmm. tours and and all, all sorts of ways in which they can get the club to make more money. I do think it's smarter and actually you can take more. I don't know, and it's probably one of those clutching at straws. But you, you can take more pleasure in the success of the team's building rather than just going, oh yeah, but it's because we just threw millions and millions of pounds at it because actually what has been created actually has been done organically because of the fan base not because it's a, a state-owned club yeah. yeah i understand yeah obviously i understand i don't want it to be like city or something like that but they have done good with us as well with the like you said with the extension of the grounds and stuff like that they have done well but like i'm saying it's just because of the way it is now and the market's changing and stuff like that um it's just un- I feel like it's unsustainable. I'm not like FSG out or anything like that. Like, no, no, no. I get, I get the point. You don't want to. I just feel like I just wish that they'd give. Like Klopp was saying, I watched his press conference the other day, and he said, "Let let me take it like this." This is what he said. He said, "I wish we'd take more risks in the transfer yeah. market." 
And I feel like that, he wasn't having a dig at the owners, but like it's a bit like if that makes sense. But yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Right, before we go, then I said I wanted to talk about Darwin Nunez, and I really do, because I think the guy's great. I mean, when he arrived, uh, you sort of think back to the last Uruguayan forward at Liverpool and thought he was a bit crazy, scored a lot of goals, and it was an awful lot of fun. Surely it's not going to be like that. But, Kayla, you've demonstrated in, what, three games? He scored against City, he scored against Fulham, came off the bench and had a real big, big impact in both of those. Makes his first start at Anfield, yes, gets a red card for headbutting someone. I mean, what are they putting the water over there? Kaylee, <laughs> yeah, at the Crystal Palace game, you said yeah, it. I, I said to the, and I think that's diff- the difference between watching the match at home compared to watching the match at the at the stadium because you do see you only follow the ball when you're watching it on the on the telly. But whereas when you're watching it in the stadium, you can see the whole pitch and you can and you can go, why is he over there? What's he doing? And I said to the ears, I went. He's just had a pop in him, you know. This was in the first half, and these were like, "What?" I went, "No, I swear to God, I went. That goes back to VAR." I said, "I swear, he's just, he's just had a pop at him. It come out, out obviously later." And he said, "I went, and I said to them, I went, he's going to get sent off. He's going to get sent off." Second half, yeah, but someone in these were just like, and I went, I said, it was written all over it. I sort of said, though, who's not told him that that's what it's like? Who's not told him that the Premier League, they stand on your feet, they pinch you, they push you, they shove you. That's what our league's known to do." So I'm like, did somebody not give him a heads up or did he not think that it was going to be like that? He's going to be a target now. People are going to go overboard with him. Um, but given the antics you see the other South American players in the league, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, growing up, surely he was used to that kind of behaviour. I mean, obviously Brazilian, not, not Uruguayan, but you think of someone like David Luiz who would be up to that those kind of tricks on another player or even Diego Costa when he was at Chelsea going around ruffling other people. Surely he's he's grown up used to all of that, but I, I don't know. But, you know, when you watch it and you're just like, what's he doing? But I think, you know, he's a, he's a different type of player, isn't he? But then, I mean, there's a reaction. Yeah, I... I, I was furious, I was like furious with him at the Palace games. I just thought, we've started terrible, we're getting beat. And you go and headbutt him and get sent off, like knowing that they've got VAR, I was furious with him. And then seeing his reaction yesterday to the Newcastle game in the stand, and he's like standing on his chair. And I was like, oh, we've got a, we've got a head case on our hands here. But I just thought, I loved it. I was like, yeah, you know, I like give it to them. But um, a bit worried that he's going to get sent off every game. But... I, don't, I don't feel like he's going to make the same mistake twice. I think. Hopefully not. He'll, he'll, he'll feel like it's good that's happened at the start of the season, not like if we're um, when we're in like a title race later like, on and we need them and stuff like that. So uh, I feel like Klopp was really. He's probably told yeah. him like he's got to keep his discipline, hasn't he? he? The game that we were talking about, the Crystal Palace game, we'd seen him and he swung his arm, didn't he, Kayleigh? If he was going to try and slap. Um, was it Anderson? Yeah, Someone, anyway, yeah, he, Anderson, he, yeah. he swung his arm. We were just a bit like, oh, okay. And you could just see them all game, sort of just. And obviously, he, he did the head football. I, I hope he channels that energy into his football and not off the ball or into a tackle that doesn't hurt anyone. But good, solid stuff. Just channel it in a different way, get you frustrated out in that way. Don't go and headball pinch or whatever else you, you, you can potentially do um, on the pitch and get caught doing it. Because there is cameras everywhere, just so Nunes knows that they're everywhere. 
<laughs> if you if you listen, <laughs> if you listen, there be way. Quite yeah, he's yeah, he's he, he's he's getting his 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 English intuition by uh, listening to us here on the on the Blood Red podcast. So take our advice, Darwin, and and come <laughs> off the bench or or maybe even start at Goodison. That will be an electric atmosphere. Learn your lesson. If he scores a goal in the derby, uh, Goodison a winner, he will just write himself even more firmly into the fans' hearts already. But that's all we've time for on this edition of Alley Larouche. My thanks go to Ella, Kaylee, and Naya. Thanks to you two for listening here on the Blood Red channel. Until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Alley Larouche podcast on the Blood Red channel.